She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. Supernatural. Season 13. Episode 16. Scuba Natural. This episode originally aired Thursday, March 29th, 2018 at 8 p.m. It was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia. It was written by Jim Krieg and Jeremy Adams. And it was directed by Robert Singer for the live action portion and Spike Brandt for the animation portion. In this episode, after Dean receives a television as payment for stopping a possessed giant stuffed dinosaur that was destroying a pawn shop, Dean, Sam, and Castiel are sucked into the television and end up in Dean's favorite episode of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? A Night of Fright is No Delight. However, they soon discover that something is wrong. A real ghost is actually killing people, and so the Winchesters and Castiel team up with the gang to stop it. Wait, Tor- who are Sam and Dean and Castiel? I thought we were doing Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Um, well, yeah, this is a supernatural kind of crossover with Scooby-Doo. And since we just did A Night of Fright is No Delight, we're now going to do the supernatural episode that kind of features it. Okay. Yeah. So Supernatural is a show that aired for 15 seasons. It was very popular. And it's about two brothers, Dean and Sam Winchester. And basically, when Dean and Sam are little kids, Sam is actually still in a crib. He's like kind of a toddler, almost a toddler baby. And Dean is mm, five, six, seven, somewhere around that age. I should have looked up their ages. I didn't. But when they're that age, their mother has this like supernatural attack, like someone attacks her and she ends up pinned to the ceiling and she starts bleeding and then she just immolates and catches fire and the whole house catches fire. So their dad gets them out of the house but is unable to save the mom. And so then the dad commits his life to hunting monsters and demons in hopes of finding the thing that killed his wife. And he takes his two sons around and does that. But the show actually starts about 20 years later. And Sam has gone away to college. And when he left for college, his dad was basically like, well, if you're going to go to college, don't come back. And so he's kind of cut off from his dad and Dean. And he's just passed his LSAT test. He's living with his girlfriend. And he has an interview to get into law school on Monday. And Dean shows up and he's like, Sam, dad's missing. And Sam's like, dad's missing all the time. Like, come on. That's just how he is. He goes off. He does things. He's missing. And Dean's like, no, he was on a hunting trip and he's missing. So Sam kicks his girlfriend out of the room. They talk. They realize something's wrong. And Sam agrees to go with Dean to try and find their father. So they do. They go off on this little road trip. And Sam's one thing is like, I have to be back for my interview on Monday. And they end up finding this like woman in white and solve this mystery. And they find the motel room their dad was staying in. And he did leave coordinates for Dean in the motel room. So like they kind of know the next clue is to go to Colorado. But Sam has to get back for his interview. So Dean drives Sam back home. And when Sam gets home, he is like calling for his girlfriend and she doesn't answer. And he lies down on the bed. And then he sees she's pinned to the ceiling and she starts bleeding. And then she catches fire. And Dean comes in and grabs Sam and gets him out of the building. And so Sam decides, yeah, well, 
Yeah. So Sam decides since he's like lost everything, he's not going to go to his interview. And so then they just go out on the road and they fight demons and monsters and look for their dad and try and figure out what happened to him. And then, you know, obviously solve little supernatural mysteries along the way. And they stay in a lot of motel rooms and get in lots of trouble and save the world a couple of times. So who's this Castiel guy? <laughs> so Castiel's an angel who at the end of season three, Dean like gets sucked into hell. And so Castiel is an angel who pulls him out of hell and then starts working with them and gradually kind of just becomes the third. <laughs> he just kind okay. of becomes, yeah, one of their friends. And so he's always working with them. Hmm. Yeah, pretty good stuff. So what you're telling me is this ain't Scooby-Doo, where are you? That's no ghost. This is Supernatural Season 13, Episode 16, Scuba Natural. Yes, that, that that's exactly what I just and said. And I really need to start so, listening yeah. to our opening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we are not fucking around here. Boom. Dean is thrown to the floor. We are in the middle of something. And that something is a reptar kicking Dean Winchester's ass all over a pawn shop. Dean gets up and he and the giant green plushy looking dinosaur wrestle. And they knock over some stuff. And the dinosaur throws Dean to the ground again. And then it roars. Though at some point it sounds like a little kid is roaring too. Anyway, we also see its eyes glow with what looks like purple ghost power. This probably isn't just some guy in a suit kicking Dean's ass. It might be a possessed giant stuffed reptar knockoff. We don't know. Anyway, then Sam hits the reptar with a flying tackle. Boom! And wrestles it to the ground. And then Dean jumps up and he pours holy oil on it. And he lights up a Zippo. And then Sam rolls away. Dean throws the lighter at the dinosaur and bursts in the flame. And again, we hear what might be like a little kid scream. And then the dinosaur roars and the fire roars too. And then it explodes. Mm -hmm. There are flaming bits of stuffing snowing down around the room. And then they go out and Dean Sam seems surprised by this outcome. And then the shop owner pops up from behind the counter and asks if it's all over. Sam says yes. Then he apologizes for making such a mess. And the owner is like, you just saved me from an evil plushie. We are all good. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then some slimy guy named Jay comes in and he asks Alan, the shop owner, if he's okay. He heard the ruckus from next door. And then he looks around and he's like, what the hell? Because he sees the charred remains of like the plush thing all over the floor. And he asks if Sam and Dean did this. And the shop owner's like, oh, no, they... And Sam's like, defective product. Sometimes the batteries in these giant plushies just explode. And Alan introduces Jay to Sam and Dean. He's the big guy in this neighborhood. He owns most of it. And Sam is like, yeah, that's great. Can, will you excuse us for a moment? So Sam's, like, talking to Dean. They're off in the corner. And he's like, we rolled into town chasing reports of a lizard monster. But obviously they weren't expecting to kill Barney. And Dean says it must have just been a possessed object. And Sam's like, it didn't act like one. Maybe they should do some digging. And Dean's like, hmm. He's kind of like, whatever. He does talk about how killing Barney was really satisfying, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. They mentioned Barney the dinosaur. I call it Reptar. It looks like Reptar from the Red Rags. It does look like it Reptar. Really looks yeah. A lot like Reptar. So, yeah. But then Jay interrupts and he asks if everything's okay because he's kind of like, He's dropping like he's gotten close to them and he's kind of trying to hear what they're saying. And they're like, oh, no, everything's fine. We're just heading out. And Alan's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You boys saved my life. You want something? 
anything in the store is yours. And Sam's like, no, no, we're good. And Dean's like, anything. And then we see them walking out carrying this giant screen TV. It's probably like 50 inches. And Jay holds the door open for them. And Sam thinks the TV is ridiculous and his grip slips a little on the way out and they stop in the doorway and Dean tells him to be careful. And he calls the TV a she and Sam's like, really? She? And yeah, so they got a TV for killing the giant plush dinosaur. So back home question mark. So I dropped out of the show around season, I think six or seven. I was looking at the episode list and six looked pretty familiar. But back at that point, they were mostly going from motel room to motel room. It seems like maybe at this point they have a home base of some kind. Uh, yeah. So I am- and also just for the listener, I wrote these show notes. And honestly, I had never heard of Supernatural until we started doing the X-Files podcast. So I kind of don't like me saying like, who are these people was kind of not fake. I don't know. <laughs> so. I wrote this, and so I have every once in a while I have a little question that's kind of meant for Tori, but it might pop up in the notes. We'll see. Yeah, and I might not know because again, haven't you know? This is season thirteen, and so it's several seasons after I stopped watching. Although I may start watching again. Mm. Anyway, Sam is doing some research, and he can't find anything on possessed items that physically attack people. And Dean is like, "Whatever, man, let it go." Like Elsa says. <laughs> Dean has seen Frozen, apparently, which I love. I love. Yeah, and, and Sam is like, me, and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, and Dean's like, never mind. I want to show you something, Sam. So <laughs> he opens the door to this room, and he's like, it's the Dean Cave, or the Fortress of Deanitude. And we see, like, you know, they've got foosball and a jukebox, you know, with vinyl and, like, two Lazy Boy recliners with plaid. And the bar is a work in progress, but it's going to have a kegerator because obviously. And then finally, the TV. And Sam is like, when did you have time to do all this? So then Dean hits the remote. But nothing really happens except behind the TV, we see this purple spectral sparking that looks a lot like what was going on with Reptar's eyes down at the pawn shop. Mm. And the screen has what looks like this like sparky foggy screensaver undulating on it that looks more like some kind of maybe portal than like a tv show or a screensaver Mm. and sam's like what the hell and dean tilts his head like a dog and is like huh because dean does do that head tilt thing a lot actually and then like whoosh a beam shoots out of the tv and the tv goes black but sam and dean are gone Then we see these purple sparks and they reappear in a forest as cartoons. And Sam thinks it must be a dream. Dean slaps him all cartoon style and leaves a big old hand imprint on his face. And then Sam's all. And then he's like, that light, did it suck us into the TV? Dean thinks maybe it's an angel thing or the trickster. And Sam says he's dead. And Dean's like, or is he? And I have no idea what they're talking about. And then he's like, oh, my God. And we pan over and we see this digitally rendered version of their car. Of the, the Impala. Impala. Yeah. Oh, Impala. It I is Dean's, yeah. It's Dean's baby. Dean loves that car. Yeah. And Sam is like, how did that get here? And Dean is like, I don't know. I had, I had the keys in my pocket. And then he's like, out of all of this, are you really going to get hung up on how the car got here? He's like, <laughs> You know, whatever this is, it's a case. And so we should work it. And Sam is like, how? And he's like, 
like we always do. You drive. And then <laughs> we're driving. And then they pull up to the malt shop. And Sam is like, a malt shop? Really? And so Dean pulls in a lot. And he's like, yeah, you know, we just go in. We ask a few questions. We'll get some information. And, and then he sees something. He's like, oh, my God. And Sam turns around and is like, is that, is that, is that the mystery machine? And Dean says, they're not just in any cartoon. And then Sam finishes the sentence for him. He's like, we're in Scooby-Doo. <gasps> Whoa. And then we get an opening sequence. It's like the spooky Scooby-Doo house, but slightly different. The bats fly past. And then from out of the center window comes a light. But instead of forming the words, Scooby-Doo, where are you? It forms Scooby-Doo's caller ID tag. It's got an SD and a diamond. And then it transformed into season 13's Flaming Iris. <sighs> but it's animated style. And then the title Scuba Natural is in front of it. And then it <laughs> flashes out. And the whole thing is only like 10 seconds. And I dig it. Short, mm -hmm. sweet, boom, does it. And then maybe it's a commercial. I don't know how this show works. This would be a good time for a commercial. It's been enough time where there could be a commercial. It's been like a little bit over six minutes, but I don't know. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. First impressions, not a fan of Dean's voice. It sounds like an affectation, like someone is like doing a deep voice and not like someone who has a deep voice. But then again, it's my literally my first time ever hearing his voice. So it sounds fake to me. I'm sure it's not, but it kind of sounds like it is. Yeah, it's not fake, but it does sound different. I did. So I watched this episode right after I watched the pilot because I wanted to watch the pilot again because I hadn't seen it in a really long time and I wanted to get a better grasp on like the premise. Like I remembered the premise, but I couldn't remember exactly like the little details. And his voice has changed, but also it kind of sounds like maybe he has a cold or something is going on because he doesn't normally sound that throaty. And I'm not exactly sure what's happening. Sam also sounds a little different. And I don't know if it's just because he's aged and it's been 13 years since they started. Or maybe their voices are just worn out from doing all the voice work on this. I have no idea. <laughs> but he does sound I say, different. I actually, I'll, I'm going to talk about it more later. I like, especially Dean's voice, I like it better in the animation than in the real life. Like in the animation, it seems to work. But in real life, it like it just like that should not come out of a human mouth. So yeah, I, and it does sound kind of like he's sick or he's got something going on because he doesn't normally sound that way. Okay. At least not as I remember. So I don't know if it's something that happened to his voice later. But like, yeah, he again, does literally that. my first and only. Time I know it's kind show, of so it's a weird episode to come in on for sure. Like it's not that it's not indicative of the show because it is the show has some weird stuff, but like it's just kind of a funny one to start with. So Dean and Sam enter the malt shop and Dean sees Fred and Daphne and Shaggy and Velma and they're dancing by the jukebox and he pretty much loses his shit. He is so excited. He's like, it's the Scooby gang. He is over the moon. And I just I love that he is like geeking out about it. I think it's so cute. And then he looks over in the corner booth and a waitress has just delivered a milkshake to Scooby. And Sam's like, great. We're stuck in a cartoon with a talking dog. And Dean is like, not a talking dog the talking dog the greatest talking dog in history and then he's like dibs on daphne and like heads over towards the gang yeah like yeah good luck chump <laughs> fred yeah i was surprised i thought you would like dean and i thought you would totally like i don't know appreciate that he likes daphne i don't know and also his scooby-doo fanboying which is very evident yeah we'll talk about that a little bit later so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the gang finishes dancing and heads back to their booth. 
And Dean is just like, this is a dream come true. And Sam is like, your dream is to hang out with the Scooby gang. And Dean says, no matter where their dad dragged them, no matter what they did, there was always a TV. And Scooby and the gang were always on. They were their role models. Except Fred, who Dean calls a wad. (laughs) He doesn't like Fred very much. Mostly because he likes Daphne and he's, you know, Fred's an obstacle. And Sam's like, what? And Dean says, think about it. We do what they do. We drive around. We go to spooky places. We solve mysteries. We fight ghosts. And Sam's like, yeah, except our ghosts don't wear masks and we don't have a talking dog. And Dean's like, Cass is kind of like a talking dog, which Dean, that angel literally pulled you out of hell at least once. Like, be nice to him. And (laughs) then Dean's like, okay, how do I look? And Sam's like, two dimensional. Which I like because it's kind of a dig. It's like true, but it's also kind of a dig. Like mm-hmm. you are shallow, dude. You I mean, they're brothers. Guy. They fight, and obviously they're opposites. So yeah. So then Dean goes over to the gang's booth and introduces himself and Sam and asks if they mind if they join them. And they all kind of like blink. And then Fred's like, "Of course not. There's plenty of room." And he starts introducing everyone. But then Dean like totally slides in next to Daphne. He kisses her hand and he kind of speaks French to her. And um, he's kind of acting like a, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, like a wad, maybe, possibly, <laughs> yes. And then they find out the gang is celebrating Scooby being named in an inheritance. And Velma shows them the newspaper article about Colonel Beauregard Sanders. But instead of reading the article, like they did in the original episode, Daphne just tells them about how Scooby-Doo saved his life once when he fell into a fish pond. And then Sam grabs the paper to look at it. And then he's like, but he's dead now, right? And everyone's kind of quiet, and Fred is like, yeah, cancer. And everyone is kind of like, mm. <laughs> so, so Dean grabs Sam and pulls him aside, and they go off and talk. And he's like, take the stick out of your, you know, he doesn't want to curse in a cartoon. He's like, your nether regions. And then Sam is like, there are no words in this newspaper. And you look, and it's just that, like, Scooby-Doo thing where, like, you know, there's not really any words. It's just like, and a picture of Colonel Beauregard. And Dean says the last time they got sucked into a TV, they got out by playing their parts. So this probably works the same. And the gang is about to go off on a mystery. So they go back and Dean says that they're mystery solvers too. And Fred is like, great, we should get going then. And Shaggy and Scooby are like, you know what that means? Road food. So they start making like these giant super saggy sandwiches, stacking them all up. And the Dean is like, oh, hell yeah. And he sits down next to Scooby and he makes his own giant super shaggy sandwich. And then all three of them unhinge their jaws and eat them, except for Dean. He holds it in his mouth and is like, oh, Sam, look how big my mouth is. And Sam is just like, (laughs) so. Oh, God. It's just exactly (laughs) their dynamic right there, 100%. (laughs) I'm kind of digging this so far, I have to say. So good. Yeah, the one thing I'm not kind of digging is the voice work. Daphne and Velma and Shaggy are different from what we're used to. They are actually the current voice actors of like what well, I imagine currently now too, but like at the time when this aired in 2018, they were are the voice actors who were doing like all the Scooby Doo stuff. Mm-hmm. Shaggy's was especially like woo. I realize you don't want to just like impersonate Casey Kasem, but it's kind of like ooh. And then to me, Daphne and Velma sound a little bit like caricatures of Daphne and Velma. Scooby's voice is a little off too, but I think I'm probably just used to old Scooby-Doo. And I'm, I've honestly, I don't think I've watched anything that's actually Scooby-Doo related that wasn't put out like in the seventies. 
probably, with the exception of like a pup named Scooby-Doo. So, and then also we're watching it right now. Yeah. So the voices are very different, except for Fred, because Frank Welker is still Fred. So that sounds spot on. Although I think they are hamming up the G Willikers aspect a little bit for this. Mm -hmm. They're making it very cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. As the show goes on, some of my opinions are going to change, but we'll talk about that at the end. But yeah, first, like this is the first time we actually hear everyone talk. And so I was kind of like, ooh, oh, mm." but yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not bad, but it's different. And it's really jarring because we've been watching the original Scooby Doo. So we're so used to like one voice coming out. And then yeah. you hear this and you're like, whoa, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Like a literally for me, like within like minutes of watching A Night of Fright is No Delight, I started watching this. And so, like, <laughs> just like, yeah. yeah, it's so. it's jarring for sure. It's a different change. Yeah. So outside we see the mystery machine is at a red light and the Impala pulls up alongside it. And Fred's like, you guys can follow us. And Dean's like, I don't know if baby can go that slow. And then Fred starts to kind of posture a little and he's like, well, the mystery machine is faster than it looks. So (laughs) Dean kind of challenges him to a race and they rev at the light waiting for it to turn green. And Sam is like, why do you hate Fred so much? And Dean's like, I don't know, his perfect hair, his can-do attitude, his stupid ascot. (laughs) There's a gif on Tumblr of this and then someone just commented, no straight man would say that, which is <laughs> the okay. fandom is very convinced. Well, I should say the fandom believes that Dean is bisexual. I'm pretty much on that page too. I think he is, but like, it's just kind of funny. So I just thought that was funny, but then the light changes and the mystery machine peels out and literally smokes them. And they're left just coughing the exhaust. And Sam's like, did you just get beat by a micro van? And Dean's like, Fred. Yeah, doing his Shatner impersonation. God, he's all Fred. I mean, Dean is really embracing the cartoonishness of being in a cartoon. He's he's into it. And so then they peel out too and follow the gang. But then from behind, someone who remains in shadow with possibly a trench coat and has their back turned to us walks up to the light, having just missed them, and stands there watching the taillights. <gasps> the stalker. Yeah. And we have a commercial. So the Winchesters finally arrive at the mansion, having obviously been beaten badly by Fred and the Mystery Machine. And Dean is going on about how Fred obviously cheated. And Sam's like, get over it. And Dean's just like, no. And it turns out they weren't beat that badly, though, because the gang is still at the front door. And Dean sees the mansion and he's like, a night of fright is no delight. And Sam is like, what? He's like, that's the episode we're in. I've seen it like a million times. Yeah, obviously, this is where I get to be like, well, actually, so when I like annoy other fans who like people love love when men pick up where they're saying things are wrong. (laughs) So we've switched out the Sanders family mansion on a rocky island Mm -hmm. for the Kingston mansion from what the heck is going on, which also appears in the opening of Scooby-Doo. And Dean should know that if he's really a fan. And also, he should have already known what episode it was just from the newspaper with, you know, Colonel (laughs) Sanders. So I'm calling Poser a little bit on Dean for this one. Also, total missed opportunity for Sam to tell Dean to just let it go. I know, that would have been good. That would have been good. Oh, man, they missed that. That would have been. But, you know, mm. now I have this headcanon that, like, Dean and Cass watched frozen and like sam refused to watch it oh uh, maybe i was gonna say would it be in his 
what was funny when I'm writing the notes, because I was already thinking that when I, as soon as I heard, as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh, you should have let it go in my notes. I typed that He said to let it go. And then I oh. typed in my comment and I'm like, wait, wait. And then I'm like, Oh crap. So I had like kind of changed it. Like I was already in my head so much that I actually changed this dialogue for him. So. Yeah. But also like, I think they had to switch out the mansion because it couldn't have been on an island because they need to drive there. Right. It would, yeah, so, it, would, it would, it would complicate the whole them getting there kind of thing. Yeah, I get right. That, but, yeah. but yeah, it is funny. But I think, yeah, he should have guessed it at the newspaper. I'm, I'm guessing that he sees the castle, realizes the inheritance thing, remembers the newspaper. It all clicks. Yeah. And then with the let it go thing, even if Sam hadn't seen Frozen, because Dean makes such a thing about it in the other scene. Oh, yeah. I he think, should have I known. I think he would have had enough knowledge back. to use it and throw it back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. No. Yeah. And then inside the mansion, we basically replay the scene from A Night of Fright is No Delight. So let's do that. All right. Inside, we see a much larger portrait of the colonel sitting with his military saber, hanging slightly askew above a smaller but still dark fireplace. However, in this portrait, his uniform is definitely gray. No ambiguity here. And Cosgood Creeps introduces himself as the attorney of the late Colonel Sanders, and Sam just turns to Dean this look that is like 100% like, seriously? <laughs> and Dean is like, Shh, you know, shut up. And then he plays a record that is actually the colonel himself reading the contents of his will. And the record opens with a greeting, y'all. And then he names his heirs and the camera pans across to each one. Cousin Simple, who looks just like his name. Nephew Normal, who is noticeably older than Cousin Simple. Sweet Cousin Maldehyde who looks like the stereotypical like old spinster and obviously has taken her name from formaldehyde because she looks preserved. And then Cousin Slicker, who like the rest matches his moniker with a twirly villain mustache, although in this version is kind of more Vincent Price and less Snidely Whiplash than it was in the original episode. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, and my old friend Scooby-Doo, who is still sitting in the chair like a human and has a big shitty grin on his face. Mm -hmm. So just like in the scooby-doo episode the recording gets down to the nitty-gritty as the colonel calls it they will each inherit an equal portion of one million dollars so two hundred thousand each provided they all spend the night in the family mansion then the colonel tells them that the mansion is haunted and both scooby and sam say haunted although scooby says haunted and the recording of course replies yes haunted if anyone doesn't stay, then their portion will be given to the others, obviously probably divided equally. Then the colonel wishes them a good night and pleasant dreams, y'all, and laughs in a slightly spooky way as the recording ends. And Scooby gulps and everyone gets up. And then Sam is like, who sets up things like this? Spend the night in a haunted mansion for a million dollars? Is that even legal? And then Velma, who is apparently like right next to them while they're talking, says the mansion isn't even haunted. And that kind of thing actually happens all the time. And Sam's like, of course it does. This is a car. And then Dean like slaps his hand over Sam's mouth. And Velma's like, mm, I guess she thinks they're weird because then like she just walks away. <laughs> and Dean removes his hand and tells Sam that he can't tell them in a cartoon or where they're from or about monsters or anything. They are pure and innocent and good. And they're going to make sure it stays that way. And then Sam says, if he already knows what happens in this episode, why can't they just skip to the end? And then Dean is like, sometimes it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And then Sam is like, or are you just trying to buy more time to get with Daphne? 
And Dean's like, don't mess things up. So <laughs> I'm like, so much for the pure and innocent and good. And we're going to make sure it stays that way thing. If he's like, I'm going to try and get with Daphne, though. So eh, I think it's fine. I think that Dean has had a childhood crush on Daphne and he's always loved Scooby-Doo. And now he has a chance to like make out with her. Like, of course, he's going to take it. Who wouldn't? I don't know. That still seems... Mm. But I also love that Sam is like, this is absurd. Who <laughs> would set up a will this way? Is this legal? And it's, you know, like he studied the law. He kind of knows. I don't know. I just think it's funny. <laughs> it's like, the, and that's the thing I didn't get from this because I didn't know all that about like he was going to be a lawyer and taking the taking yeah. process like that. So. <laughs> and also <laughs> like fair. him being like deep into the, he's like researching stuff because that's what lawyers do, right? They spend a lot of time, they spend yeah. way more time researching stuff than they do actually mm-hmm. like out in at least you know good lawyers do he is definitely the bookish like let's go to the library and find the answer one of the two of them whereas dean is like let's bust down the door and punch somebody in the face one so so then cosgood creep says he's leaving and he'll return to the mansion in the morning to see who remains if any and then he laughs in a definitely spooky and sinister sounding way and dean tells sam yeah it turns out he's the bad guy and sam is not surprised at all and then the clock strikes 10 and Cousin Simple, not slicker like in Scooby-Doo, suggests that they all turn in. And Dean asks Daphne if she wants to bunk with him. And Daphne's like, boys and girls don't sleep in the same room, silly. And she goes off with Velma. And Fred says, guess you're with me, slugger. And he puts his arm around Dean and they walk towards the rooms. And Sam definitely has like an amused look on his face. as he Yeah, I wasn't done. It's really super subtle the way animated, but it's good. He's kind of got that like <laughs> kind of smile on his face. Yeah. yeah. And I like 100% thought they were going to pull the Velma and Daphne are like secretly lesbians here. I don't know why I thought that. I just thought maybe they were going for the girls have to sleep in the same room, teehee. And then they were actually lesbians. But like this show is trying to stick to Scooby Doo canon, so I know I can see why they didn't. But I was yeah, a little disappointed. They might hint at it a little because like she does say like, "Come on, Velma!" Like after she says that, and so yeah, yeah. there's a little bit of a like mm, could be anyway. But then they also then we'll see later. They told yeah, me. that's not where go a different direction. Yeah, so. not where this is going. Yeah. So anyway, so Scooby is holding his jaws together to keep his teeth from chattering, and he is scared. And Shaggy is in a nightshirt and Slipper is a nightcap and sitting at a small table. And Sam is in some yellow pajamas. And Fred is in his pajamas and they're like light blue. And he's sitting in bed reading a book. And Fred tells Scooby to relax. They'll spend the night with him. It's fine. And he puts his book on the nightstand and says, okay, let's all hit the sack. And then Dean bursts into the room and he's wearing a nightshirt and a nightcap. And he like strikes a pose. And Sam is like, are you wearing a nightgown? And Dean is like, it's called a sleeping robe. And uh, actually, it's a nightshirt, Dean, not a sleeping robe. And then he says, Between you and me, it's super comfortable. It feels like I'm wrapped in hugs. And he like hugs himself. <laughs> and then in the girls' room, Daphne is brushing her hair and tells Velma, like, those new guys are kind of groovy, huh? And Velma's like, We definitely discover that Velma is not really as frumpy as we might think underneath that giant sweater and pleated skirt because she's wearing like a long T-shirt to bed. It's not form fitting, but you can tell she's a like woman under there. Anyway, so she says Dean is all right, but that big lug, what a dummy, haunted, whatever. Like that's a real thing. And Daphne is like, huh? Comes over and sits on the bed, and Velma is like, what? And Daphne is like, oh, nothing. I just thought big lugs were your kind of thing. And Velma's like, but then like her cheeks get all blushy and she's like, turns away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Daphne and Velma have changed into their sleepwear in this, though, because Daphne's wearing like a little like. Not like a teddy, but like a little like short nightgown. Basically, it's like mm-hmm. her normal clothes, except for it's got like frillies and it's like a nightgown. Yeah, thing it's of, a like, little a nightgown that kind of thing. Like falls so, mid thigh. Yeah. Is Sam supposed to be bigger than Dean? He doesn't really look that way, but like Vilma apparently, like he thinks he's a big lug. Yeah, I mean, um, so Jared Padalecki is like taller and he's got like broad shoulders and he is bigger than the actor who plays Dean, who's jensen knuckles and okay. yeah there's like this fandom joke i can't remember when it started but like people would call him moose because he's just so big and there were like all these memes about like a moose and dean and like i don't even remember it was a silly thing that kind of it's like how fandom jokes work like sometimes they just get really out of hand but as soon as okay. i saw your comment about that i was like moose because he's so big okay, well he that is. makes sense because there was a thing early when they're talking to Jay in the pawn shop and like the dinosaurs exploded and Sam was like, Oh, you know, defective product. And then Dean says, yeah, I don't buy anything from Musovania. And I was like, what I, is that like, I don't know. I didn't know what that was. And so I didn't put it in the notes, but now I see he was. And so like, they're kind of doing a little bit of meta thing. Cause when he says that Sam is like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I think so. that's probably what that was. Yeah. Okay. It didn't come up later, so I was like, "I'm." It's probably something, but I don't know what it is. So I'll leave it out. <laughs> and then you made this note, and I'm like, "Oh, that was okay." Gotcha. It's so. probably a nod to the fandom. Yeah. Okay. So then we're in the dark hallway. And we see a translucent phantom floating through the hall. No shadow this time, just a translucent phantom. And it's laughing, and then it reaches for a doorknob. And it has, like, these super clawful-looking hands with big, sharp nails. Not, like, just regular, like, phantom hands. Hmm. And we see Cousin Simple, and he's brushing his teeth. And then we see something whoosh into the room behind him. And then he goes to spit out his toothpaste, so he looks down. And then when he looks back up, he sees the phantom behind him in the mirror. So he spins around... And then the phantom, like, kind of, like, like super saiyans up. And it's, like, pfft, and like purple energy. And then he's, like, super scary. He's got, like, big fangs and, like, bright yellow glowing eyes. And his claws are all... And, he, and then he also pulls out, like, this big giant knife. And then Cousin Simple opens his mouth to scream. But he Uh-oh. doesn't scream. Because then we fade into a transition with Scooby yawning. And he gets up and he repositions himself on the bed. Because he's sleeping at the foot of the bed that Fred and Jackie are sleeping in. So then he kind of like goes back in position and lays back down on the bed. And Dean is sitting eating another giant sandwich. And Sam is standing behind him and is like, is that all you're going to do? Eat? And Dean's like, relax. Pretty soon they're going to find out that Cousin Simple is missing. And everyone's going to think it's a ghost. But it's really caused good creeps in disguise. And then we hear a scream. And Dean is like, told you. Yep. So Fred wakes up and he's like, come on, gang, let's check it out. And we see Daphne hauling ass out of her room. And she actually beats Fred down the stairs, though he and Sam are not too far behind. And she enters Cousin Simple's room and he's lying on his bed, kind of on his side with the covers over him like he's just sleeping. No. So Daphne reaches out to touch him and there's kind of a wet sound. And Daphne pulls back and she's like, oh, no. And then Dean enters and is like, wait, wait, it's too early for the dummy bodies. And Sam is kneeling beside Cousin Simple's bed 
And he stands up and he tells Dean that it's not a dummy body. This is blood. And he holds up his hand. It's covered in blood. And Sam pulls off the covers. Cousin Simple is covered in blood and there's a knife sticking out of his back. (gasps) So Daphne gasps and Fred holds her. And Sam says, he's dead. Like, actually really dead. And then it cuts to Dean and then the knife sticking out of Cousin Simple's back and dripping with blood. And it cuts to Velma, who's like, jinkies. And it cuts to this bloody hand hanging off the bed. And then to Daphne and Fred. And Daphne says, jeepers. And then we cut to Cousin Simple's dead open eyes and blood pooling around his head. And Shaggy says, zoinks. And then we see blood on the carpet. And Scooby says, rut roll. And then we cut to a shot of the whole room. And we zoom in on Dean, who says, son of a bitch. I don't think you're supposed to say that in cartoons. Probably not. No. And then it's commercial. Because someone died. Yeah, someone actually died, which is, this is not how that episode went. We just watched that episode. No, this is not how it went. Yeah. So then we come back. And I don't know if this was intentional or not. But everyone's back in their regular clothes. But they're still in Cousin Simple's room. And Fred says, it looks like they've got another mystery. And Sam's like, are you kidding me, Fred? Someone is dead. Show a little respect. And he puts the blanket over Cousin Simple. And then Dean is like, yeah, Fred. And then he's all Mr. Performative acting. He's like, he can be such a jerk. Right, Daphne? And Daphne's like, not really. And just like walks past him. Goes after (laughs) Fred. And Velma says, they should look for evidence. Like fingerprints or fluids. And so she and Scooby and Shaggy go out. And Sam turns his head and he's like, fluids? And then Dean grabs Sam and tells him, this is not how the episode goes. No one ever gets stabbed in the back and ends up in a pool of their own blood. And then Sam is like, wait a minute. If Cousin Simple can be killed and die for real here, then so could we. And Dean's like, who cares about us? That means Scooby-Doo could get killed. And that is not happening on my watch. I take a bullet for that dog. He walks out. Yeah. Dean's got his priorities straight. I mean, not usually in the series as far as I know, but at least in this episode, he definitely does. So. So Sam and Dean rejoin the gang and Velma is telling everyone that there's a logical explanation for what's going on. And Shaggy is like, yeah, that a ghost is hunting us down to collect an inheritance. And Daphne points out that a real ghost wouldn't need the money. And Velma's like, exactly. Also, there's no such thing as ghosts. And then she paraphrases Sherlock Holmes with the once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. But as she does, we see a shadowy figure approaching the window and there's a lightning flash. So like every time there's a lightning flash, the figure gets closer. And then they all see the figure at the window and Sam and Dean each take a side of the window so they can grab whoever or whatever is trying to enter. And the figure opens the window and starts to come in. But before they can move, Fred is on the shadowy figure and puts him in a headlock and wraps them in a curtain and throws them on the floor. Damn, Fred. I know, Fred's kind of a badass. So Sam and Dean run over to pound the intruder and Dean pulls back the curtain and it's Castiel. And Shaggy's like, you know this guy? And they're like, yeah, this is Castiel. So they introduce him to the gang. And he shakes Shaggy's hand and he says, it's nice to meet you. And then he shakes Scooby's hand and Scooby's like, nice to meet you. Like, And Kaz looks over and is like, Dean, this dog is talking. And Sam asks how he got there. So Castiel tells them. Yeah. 
So we cut back to live action as we get Castiel's story. And we see Castiel coming down the stairs of the bunker. So this must be where they live now. And he's looking for them. He's calling out to them and tells them he just got back from Syria. And he has some of the fruit from the tree of life. The tree was guarded by a pack of gin. He killed most of them and he bargained with the rest. And then he's like, I might actually be married to their queen now. I'm not (laughs) sure. And then he enters the Dean cave and on the TV, he sees Fred telling Sam and Dean to follow them up to the Colonel's mansion. And then the TV starts kind of like sparking purple and there's a flash and his paper sack full of fruit falls to the floor. And then back in cartoon world, from his point of view, we see him looking at his newly animated hands. And then he says he saw purple sparks and a flash of light. And the next thing he knew, he was in this strange world. And then he saw them race off and he has been trying to catch up ever since. Sam is like, wait, you saw purple sparks? And he tells Dean that is just like the killer stuffed dinosaur and that they were both in the pawn shop. So this might be related. And then Velma pops in and is like, killer stuffed dinosaur. And so then they come up with this like cover story about how like they're writing a book about a killer stuffed dinosaur. And Castiel's like, and it's called the killer stuffed dinosaur in love. And Fred's like, that's a great title. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I love it. Castiel, I'm like, he doesn't join in all the time because obviously he doesn't you know follow i mean he follows what they're doing but like you know he can be kind of literal and so he's not always on the same page but like he finally joins in and he gives this title that's so bad and then fred is just like oh that sounds good <laughs> like fred is lining up to get a copy of that book let me know when that know. comes out <laughs> check that out I'm that. Oh, it's just good. i mean fred is a reader right he's reading in bed so he's probably yeah yeah he's probably yeah, he'd be into it i don't know i mean he probably likes mysteries i'm guessing So Daphne says, if Castiel isn't responsible for Cousin Simple's murder, then who is? And then the lights go on a Fritz, and it's apparently super cold in the mansion because we can see Shaggy and Scooby's breath. And then there's a ghostly roar noise, and all the lights go out. And Velma lights a lantern, and Sam and Dean have flashlights, and so they all begin searching the mansion. And Sam and Dean see a weird flashing light from a barely open door in the hall. And inside, it seems like no one is there, but then there are slashing and squishy noises. And we see blood spatter, and the door slams shut. And then all the doors to the hallway do the same. And Sam leans closer to the door with his flashlight, but the phantom's hand swipes through the door and knocks the flashlight out of Sam's hand. (gasps) And then the entire phantom comes through the door, and it's like powered up and scary. And Shaggy yells, Phantom! And Scooby jumps in his arms. And the Phantom rushes towards the group, and Shaggy, still holding Scooby, jumps into Castiel's arms. Yeah, and then Dean's like, we're on. He's talking to Sam. But before they can rush the Phantom, Fred just like, whoa, flies through the air between them and like passes right through the Phantom. Mm -hmm. And then it disappears, and it reappears, and its claws pop out. And it does this like weird flashy thing, no pun intended, where it kind of looks naked for a second. Like its robes disappear. And it's just like this wrinkled old nasty looking thing. Anyway, and then it slashes the walls trying to get Dean. And then it swipes at Fred. But Fred just like jumps right back up and like, whoa, jumps at it. But then disappears through a wall. And Dean is like, what? And then Shaggy is like, ghost. And Velma's like, it's not a ghost. And the lights kind of flicker back on. 
And Castiel like drops Shaggy and Scooby back onto the floor. And Shaggy's like, then how did it go through the wall if it wasn't a ghost? And Velma's like, it must be a secret door or something. And I'm like, that's the best you'd come up with, Velma, really? Like, have you already forgotten all the cool stuff that Bluestone the Magician showed you in Hassel in the Castle? Yeah. Velma is joining Scully in the land of denial in this episode. Like, they are team I do not want to believe. <laughs> yeah, she really, yeah, it really, and even more so later. It really yeah, does. she really just yeah. does not want to believe. Which, I mean, again... If she has to believe in this ghost, she has to believe that a ghost also murdered somebody. And that's pretty terrifying. I don't know if it's more terrifying than thinking there's a person running around murdering somebody. But either way, it's kind of scary. So So Fred's still checking that wall that apparently supposedly has like a secret door or something. And he's like, whatever it was, it's gone now. And then he goes over to the door that it came out of. And it's kind of got like a blackish slime, like goo in the center of it, like where the ghost passed through. And he opens the door, and inside, Cosgood's creep's decapitated head is on the floor, staring up at them. And then his severed hips and legs are kind of further back in the room, mm-hmm. under his suspended torso and arms that are, like, hanging from ropes in the ceiling with, like, the head and lower body jumping mm-hmm. up. And Fred is like, well, that's not good. And then Dean kind of has to, he's like, and he's like, I think I'm going to be sick. And then Fred is like, come on, gang. And so they all leave. And Sam is like, do they always just walk away from dead bodies? Like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Poor Sam is just so, so put out by this situation. He just can't. It's great. So Dean enters the room and he looks at Cosgood Creep's remains. The cold spot, the fritzing out, that was a ghost. Their kind of ghost. Dean thinks this cartoon is haunted. (gasps) Yeah. So they rejoin the gang and Dean asks Fred what his plan is. And Fred says they should split up and look for clues. And Cass is just like, that's the plan. Like, that's not a good plan. And Dean shakes his head. And Sam follows his lead and says that he doesn't think they should do that. It'll be much safer if they stay together. And Velma's kind of like, well, I didn't think a broad-shouldered fellow like you would be as chicken as Shaggy. And then she's like, no offense, Shaggy. And Shaggy and Scooby like pop out from where they're hiding behind the suit of armor. And Shaggy's like, none taken. Like, it's totally fine with that. So Dean, Sam, and Cass talk among themselves. Sam says, if this is a real ghost, the gang could be in real trouble and they can't let anything happen to them. And Dean agrees, but he says that for now, they should follow Ascot Boy's lead. He runs over to call team up with Daphne. And Fred's like, that's great. It'll be the three of us. And he kind of like gets between Dean and Daphne, which is really funny. I don't know. It's it's good. And Velma says, well, then she and Sam will check the attic unless he's too scared. And she leans up against him in a very, I have a crush on you kind of style. And he agrees to go with her. So Shaggy says, well, it looks like it's just me and Scooby with Castiel. And Castiel's like, that's wonderful. I used to lead armies, and now I'm teamed up with a scruffy Philistine and a talking dog. <laughs> Poor Castillo. I have to say, mm, I've had to pick a favorite in this episode. It's Cass. He's, yeah, just the, Castiel the, is yeah. my favorite. He's my favorite <laughs> in the whole show. And the actor who plays him, Misha Collins, is just so great. And like he said, Misha Collins has set up all these like charity contests and all this like great stuff. He's done a lot of really good things with his popularity from this. But like he's he's just so good. And the character is my favorite type of character, which is the type that is a little bit too literal 
and a little oblivious to things, but it just mm. has such a like. Yeah, I mean, I really mm. love that. <laughs> you can see I have a type. <laughs> but Cass is just, he's always so great. He's definitely been my favorite since he came into the show in season four. And yeah, I'm team Cass all the way. So in the attic, Velma's like telling Sam, like, this seems like your first mystery. So I hope you can keep your blind backer shoulders from knocking over any clues. And he's like, why do you keep talking about my shoulders? And Velma gets all blushy and kind of flusters and like pulls at her collar and then just starts like looking around for clues. And then Sam's flashlight beam like lands on this honestly very scary looking like dressmaker's dummy with like missing an eye and stuff. And he like gets startled and he falls back and trips over a bunch of junk. And so then Velma looks at the dummy and then helps him up and says, well, that must have been the ghost. And Sam is like, look, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but ghosts are real. He and his brother hunt them and werewolves, and vampires, and demons, and they have saved the world a lot. And Velma kind of looks surprised, and she's quiet for a little bit, but then she laughs and says the simple fact is monsters are just crooks and masks, usually unscrupulous real estate developers. And Sam says there are like way better real estate scams than this. But then Velma finds a clue. It's an old toy box full of toys, that is also kind of dripping like with this blackish goo that was like on the door. And then they simultaneously say like, that's strange. And so Velma kind of smiles and they both look at each other like, oh, we've got a moment. But then Sam walks over to the toy box while Velma says that obviously they both notice the toys are the only thing not covered in dust. And Sam is like, actually, I noticed this. And he touches the blackish goo and he says it's ectoplasm. And it gets left behind by ghosts. And he rubs some of it between his fingers. And when he does, there are these faint purple sparks that come off it. And Velma tells him to stop already. Like, you can't really believe in ghosts. And then the entire toy box, like, lights up with this purplish glow. And the toys, like, start to levitate out of the box. And then, like, fly at them. And they run and continue to be pelted by toys. And Sam's like, told ya. And Velma says, it's probably just Christmas lights and and fishing wire and then like pop, 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 they're getting like pelted by toys and so they leave the attic and then all the glowing toys like hit the door and just yeah mm -hmm. so hashtag team i do not want to believe <laughs> it's just bit. fishing wire and christmas lights <laughs> yeah so i don't know if you know this or not so is in supernatural is ectoplasm always like blackish grayish stuff as opposed to ghostbusters pinky stuff I don't remember, but I think so. I know okay. that there's definitely some that's, I mean, they have different, they have such a different a variety of like monsters and ghosts and supernatural things. Okay. But yeah, I would, I would think that's probably right. Again, been a really long time since I've seen more than this episode or the pilot. So, okay. I mean, obviously it was the same stuff that was on the door, but then he's like, it's right. Ectoplasm. So I was like, oh, okay. So they're ectoplasm like black. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know what color ectoplasm is. <laughs> I'm either. a Ghostbusters juice. I'm like, it's kind of pink and clear looking. It's well, ectoplasm, but yeah. Yeah. Slimed me. <laughs> so in the library, Dean has decided like his attempts to flirt with Daphne are not working. So he flat out asks her what she likes in a man. So she's like, well, I don't really know. And then she like looks at Fred and she's like, but you know, someone's strong. And we see Fred lifting up the side of a couch to look for clues. And she's like, and sincere. And an ascot doesn't hurt. <laughs> so, you know, clearly what she likes in a man is Fred. Mm -hmm. And then Dean sees something and he tells him to look at that book. And Fred's like, yeah, there are a lot of books in here. And Dean's like, 
yeah, but this one's not painted into the background of the... And then he catches himself, and instead of cartoon, he's like, library. And, you know, again, doesn't really make sense, but he pulls on the book, and nothing happens. And he apologizes because he thought it might be some kind of secret passage or something. But then as he's talking, they fall through a trap door and slide down individual intertwined slides and land in a pitch black room. <gasps> and we see the cartoon eyes in the dark, which we don't actually see on Scooby-Doo. Where are you when they're in the dark? So that's yeah. it is a cartoon trope. But like Scooby-Doo actually does not use at least in the early episodes does not use that trope. Right. Yeah. And Teen kind of like tries to help Daphne up while kind of feeling her up and asks if she's okay. And he might have to give her a once over to be sure. But then Fred finds the light and Daphne's with him. And Dean is actually copping a feel on the Phantom. So I guess he kind of got what he deserved there. Karma kind of kicked him in the butt on that one. And the Phantom doesn't really like it either. So he like powers up and flies after them. Dean is a creepoid. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He's a creepoid. He's a creepoid. So Shaggy and Scooby and Castiel are walking through this dark ballroom or some place in the mansion. And Shaggy is suddenly very cold. And Scooby agrees. And then behind them, we see the Phantom is like just like walking in time with them, like just keeping up. But then they all turn around and the Phantom powers up. Fangy and Clawy. And Shaggy and Scooby run. But Cass just stays there and he's like, I have never seen a ghost wear such a ridiculous costume. And he like pokes at it with his hand, but it passes through it and it kind of like glitches or shimmers or something. And he's like, hmm. But then Shaggy like grabs him and they all just run. Mm-hmm. And then we get to a part that I was like, holy shit. <laughs> because we That's get... Good. The actual theme song to Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, kicks in, and we get the whole freaking minute-long song. And so we see Shaggy and Scooby run past Dean and Daphne, and then Fred runs off with Daphne, and then, like, the whole gang, all of them, right? They're all running in and out of all these doors in the hallways, like they run in one, and then they come out the other side, and, you know, just that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a, actually a cameo of Scrappy-Doo at one point. <laughs> yeah, I saw him. I was like, oh, yeah. hey, Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, he comes running out of one and goes into another door. And then they all start boarding up the doors and everything. And then, like, Dean is staring at Daphne's ass because she's, like, pounding on some nails and her butt is all, like, jutting out. And he's all like, hmm. But then the phantom comes through the door that Daphne was hammering on. And so Dean grabs her by the hand and everyone runs and they hide in these giant vases. And then Dean is in the same vase as Daphne. And he, like, starts to just, like, straight up just, like, go in for a kiss. But then she screams because the phantom is, like, right above them. And then so everyone runs and they come around from separate sides and hallways and stuff. And they all crash into each other into this pile on the floor. So, but I was like, holy crap. Cause they like, it just kicks in and then it's the actual song, not like, like a cover version and they do the whole thing. And it was mm-hmm. kind of like, holy crap. Yeah, it was good. The whole musical interlude thing is actually a season two bit on Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Not a season one thing which would be where this episode would technically appear. But it is something like when you think about Scooby-Doo, it's like something everyone remembers. Like, oh, yeah, and they have the music and they're running around. Da, 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 da. And then also they did it in a pup named Scooby-Doo also. So mm-hmm. if you watch season two or a pup named Scooby-Doo, you're like, that's Scooby-Doo. Yeah. So it's one of those things that didn't actually happen until a little bit later, but like everyone just is like, that's Scooby. That's a Scooby-Doo thing. Yeah. yeah. So. so then everyone gets up and runs into the small sitting room and Sam and Dean lock the door. And Fred says they have to stop this ghost. 
And Daphne says they almost did. Dean had him by the thigh. And Cass is like, he what? And Dean's like, I almost caught him. Like, don't get any ideas. Anyway, <laughs> just throw these things in there. And then like, why do people ship them? I don't know. <laughs> Gee, I can't imagine that. And the fact that every relationship Dean has with a woman ends because the woman is murdered violently. So the only person who's oh. ever stuck around for more than a few seasons is Cass. Anyway, there are lots of things I could say about that, but I will not go on too long a tangent here. So yeah, Dean's basically, I almost caught him. That's the point. And Velma says, enough with the ghosts. There's no such thing as ghosts. But when she says that, you can like see her breath and then her glasses fog up and ice over. Whoa. Yeah. And the window behind them ices over and the lights fritz out and the door bursts open and it's the phantom. And Fred runs at him, but the phantom knocks him against the wall and Fred smashes against a bust on a pedestal and falls to the floor. And then Daphne and Velma levitate and are thrown against the wall and pinned there, kind of like the mom in the Kalashari episode of the X-Men. Or I guess like the mom in Supernatural, Supernatural. I just learned. The mom and the girlfriend. Yeah. I had to fridge two women in that episode. He didn't know that little bit, but okay, well. (laughs) So Shaggy and Scooby run, but Shaggy is levitated and thrown through the window. And Sam grabs two candlesticks and he throws one to Dean and he's like iron because they're iron candlesticks. So they run at the phantom and they jam the candlesticks into its back and it howls in pain and purple sparks erupt from its back. Then it blips out and the candlesticks fall to the floor and the lights come on and Sam and Dean catch Velma and Daphne who fall from the wall and Fred comes to and he wipes his nose, which is bleeding. And he asks what happened. And then Scooby's like, Where's Shaggy? And Shaggy shouts from outside because he's clinging to a piece of railing that is slowly pulling away from the building. (gasps) And they all turn to see the railing give way and Shaggy plummets to the ground from probably three or four stories up. Yeah, if not more. It's, yeah, it's quite a height. Yeah, it's quite a height. So not good. And then it's commercial. Uh Ah! We come back to the commercial and we see Shaggy falling and Scooby is just like, just runs and like leaps over the edge because i guess it's actually like i said window earlier but i guess it's like french doors or something that leads out to a balcony mm-hmm. but scooby runs after shaggy and just leaps over the edge and then castiel like calls out for scooby and runs after him too and scooby grabs shaggy's ankle they're like falling right scooby grabs shaggy's ankle and says gotcha and they're still falling and shaggy's like you got me who's got you and then castiel is also falling and he, like tucks his arms in and shoots down and he grabs Scooby's tail, and then his trench coat, like, poof, like makes a parachute, kind of. And he's able to slow their descent, but not completely. And Shaggy and Scooby fall through some tree branches, followed by Castiel. And then Shaggy's just kind of, like, laying there. Yeah. Oof. I think Cass used some angel magic there, so that's probably why he was able I to was, slow down. I, I did know, I think you had mentioned before that he was an angel, and I was kind of wondering about that. I'm like, well, how does that work? That, even for, like, cartoons, just like, that seems a little... Hmm? Yeah. Also, this scene, like when I watched it, and I'm actually starting to feel it again when I'm talking about it, it actually hit me because it's also the scene from Superman from 1977, where he catches, like she falls from the helicopter, and mm-hmm. Superman flies and catches her, and then she's like, you got me, who's got you? And then he like catches the helicopter, and then he saves everybody, so like just that. And also they're playing like the Superman style music, and it's just like, I'm a sucker for that shit, and it gets mm-hmm. me every single time. Aww. Yeah, I got the flutters. 
definitely in that scene. So yeah, when Cass like tucked his arms in, I was like, oh, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> so yeah, I was into it. So nice, nice. Yeah. So then the rest of the gang, Fred and Velma and Daphne, they run to the edge of the balcony and they look over and Shaggy is like holding his left arm and he's crying. I'm not sure where Sam and Dean are in this scene, but anyway. And then they burst out of the ground floor doors followed by Sam and Dean. So I guess Sam and Dean were maybe already heading down there, but then the gang like passed them and got out first. And Daphne asks Shaggy if he's okay. And he's like, do I look okay? And Cassiel says, it appears that his arm is broken. And Shaggy's like, what? I have jumped out of a biplane in a museum and I was fine. How did this happen? <laughs> and Fred's like, I don't know. Something hit me and threw me across the room. And Velma's like, wires probably wires and shaggy's like hello broken arm here and his arm is like bent weird where like there should not be a bend in his arm and so they make a splint with some wood and i'm guessing fred's belt and then daphne asks fred for his ascot and then she makes a sling out of it and her scarf that she always wears her green scarf and then fred's mm -hmm. orange ascot so shaggy has a sling for his arm so yeah, yeah. she's getting real it's getting real real quick yeah so Sam tells Dean that they need to tell them the truth. And Daphne's like, what truth? And she sounds really annoyed at this point, which I don't blame her. They've been yeah. through a lot. Shaggy got and, his arm broken? Like, that's never happened. Yeah. And Sam says the truth about the phantom. And Dean tells them that this phantom is not like the other ghost they've faced. He's a real ghost. And the gang is like, what? And Sam's like, it isn't some guy in a costume. It's a vengeful spirit back from the dead. And then Velma realizes that everything Sam told her in the attic is true. And Sam nods and says, mm-hmm. And she's like, werewolves, vampires, demons. And Sam, Dean, and Castiel nod and are like, mm-hmm. And she takes off her glasses and she says she thought she was blind without them, but she was just blind. How could she be so stupid? And Fred walks off and says, We've been stopping real estate developers when we could have been hunting Dracula. He starts banging his head against a tree and is like, are you kidding me? My life is meaningless. And Daphne hugs herself and says, if ghosts are real, that means there's an afterlife. Heaven. Hell. She grabs her head in her hands and asks if she's going to hell. And this whole time you can still hear Fred like smashing his head against the tree. Yeah. And Shaggy's pacing back and forth and is like, we told you every freaking time but did you ever listen to scoob and me no and then scooby's like we're doomed so <laughs> it's so amazing like the scooby gang having an existential crisis because there's actually blood and murder and ghosts and just like yeah and fred is just like going at that tree with his head man he is like we could have been hunting dracula and like bam 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 and then shaggy is like Shaggy is probably like the best in this scene. I mean, Daphne's pretty good too, but like Shaggy's like every freaking time, don't listen to us. And it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. The whole scene is just like super amazing. I love it. Yeah. But then Dean breaks them all out of their private existential crises and gives them a pep talk. Like tells them, like, you may have not dealt with the supernatural, but you fought monsters. And then he goes on to describe several of the villains they've encountered including several they technically haven't even met yet, if you're going by the names he's giving. And then Sam even adds, like, and the space kook. And Dean is like, I knew you loved the show, too. Which he actually <laughs> didn't say show in this part, so he didn't catch himself. I don't know if that was a slip or what. But anyway, it works. 
And then the gang all agreed to work together to take down this phantom. But then Velma's like, we don't have any experience with like the real supernatural. We don't have skills or the tools or the weapons. And Sam is like, that's okay. We do. (laughs) So good. It's so good. So Sam opens the trunk of the Impala and it's, you know, they have their monster hunting kit in there. So they have all their weapons, stakes and crosses, knives, guns, axes, religious symbols. They probably have like salt and just everything you need to fight demons and monsters. And (laughs) Sam hands Velma a pump action shotgun. Dean like intercepts it and he's like, nope, that's a Scooby don't. And Fred's like, well, we have to do something. You guys are amazing and we can help. We have to. And Dean's like, fucking right you can but they they bleep out the effort because it's the cw and it's 8 p.m so yeah yeah and he tells fred he's gonna do what he does best build a trap Ooh, all right trap build time yay right let's hear it so inside dean tells freddie to lay it on him so fred explains the trap daphne has poured salt over all the entrances and exits except one So that's where the ghost will enter. He'll trip over the iron chain, which will activate the axe that cuts the rope that holds the coconuts. (laughs) Sam is just like, where did he get coconuts? And Dean elbows him like, shut up, who cares? And Fred says the coconuts will roll, tripping the phantom, which will send it sliding down the soap suds right into the washing machine, which they'll secure with iron chains. And Sam says with the ghost captured, They'll be able to finally find out what's going on. And Velma's like, now all we need is bait. Oh. Yeah. So even though Shaggy has a broken arm, apparently he and Scooby and Castiel are the bait. (laughs) So they're creeping through the mansion when all the lights fritz out. And then as Cass is looking around, he sees his own breath. So he spins around and yep, there's the phantom who immediately like... powers up fangs and all so Cass runs and shaggy and scooby are running too but like they're doing that cartoon thing where they're like running but aren't moving yet and so Cass scoops them up carries them and they all head to the trap and he leaps over the chain and the phantom comes in the room boom and even though he's floating he hits the chain like in his guts and he's like ah and the iron chain like glows red and it kind of burns a little bit and like leaves a big red mark across the phantom for a bit and then the chain pulls the axe And the axe cuts the rope that holds the coconuts, and the coconuts fall and roll around. The only problem is that the phantom is still actually behind the chain. And so he watches Castiel trip over the coconuts and slide on the soap suds along with Shaggy and Scooby. And then they land on the ironing board, which Fred didn't mention, but was part of the original episode trap. And then Shaggy and Scooby and Castiel are flung into the washing machine and the cycle starts, and Shaggy and Cass look very unhappy, but Scooby is like, yeah, I got a big old smile on his face. <laughs> he did in the episode. So. Yeah. So inside the main room, the Phantom searches for the rest of the gang who are all hiding. And Sam and Dean are behind a giant stuffed bear, And Sam says he told Dean it wasn't going to work. And Dean's like, yeah, Fred's traps never work. Duh. And then he yells, Daph, plan B, Operation Bookworm is go. So Daphne gets up from her hiding place and runs around a corner. And Fred and Velma get up and run through separate doors. And the Phantom can't decide who to chase when Sam and Dean run past it 
and around the same corner is Daphne. So the phantom flies after them, shrieking. It passes through the door into the library, and then it throws aside the couch, and Daphne, Velma, and Fred cower in the corner. And then a book flies through the phantom, and Shaggy says, good job, Scooby, give him another. So apparently they got out of the washer, and now they're joining in. Yeah, I guess so. And the phantom finds Scooby, who is holding a stack of books. And he hands them to the ghost and then pulls the trapdoor book with his tail and the ghost falls through the trapdoor. Oh, it's just like in the cartoon. The ghost falls through a trapdoor, which is yeah. a different trapdoor. They didn't use the little organ thing, but yeah. Yeah. The organ. Hmm. All right. So we're kind of hitting the beats, but not necessarily the way they went in the original episode. Mm-hmm. So then we see the phantom and he's lying on the floor and he gets up and he realizes he's trapped. So he powers up. And then he's in some kind of containment field. Sam says it's a salt circle. And he and Dean and Castiel are like standing equidistant around the circle. And so the Phantom smashes against the field several times. And it's like, let me go. But then like there's a hint of like a little kid's voice in there too at the end. Similar to like what we heard with the killer plushy reptar thing going on. Dean's like, we'll be glad to once you tell us who you are. And it smashes up against the field several times, but it's unable to break out. And then finally it weakens and it just slinks into the center of the circle and then like shrinks down and takes the form of a little small boy, all like clutching his knees and just like with his head down. Cassiel has apparently never seen a ghost child before. because He's like, it's a child. And Dean is like, yeah, creepy ghost kid. You get used to them. So Sam asks why he's trying to kill them. And the little ghost boy says he's not. The bad man makes him do it. Castiel is like, the bad man? And the little ghost boy tells him the bad man's name is Jay. And then Dean is like, the dude from the pawn shop. And then we get some flashbacks in the real world and also some new footage. And the little ghost boy says when he died, his soul was tied to a pocket knife that his dad had given him. And then we see Jay talking to Alan. And when Alan turns his back to get something, we see Jay sliding a little pocket knife into the plushy dinosaur's back. And the ghost boy says that when Jay found him, he used him to, he doesn't say anything, but then he's like, sometimes I just get so angry, I break things and I hurt people. And then we see Dean and the plushy dinosaur fighting. And then little ghost boy says like, but I don't want to, I just want to see my dad again. Yeah. And so Castiel says that he's sorry it was wrong of Jay to do that to him. And Sam tells him that none of this is his fault. And Dean tells him that if he can get them back to the real world, they can set him free. So the ghost boy agrees and he smiles. And then Dean peeks out the door. And Fred is like freaking out. And he's like, we can make another trap. And Velma says she can get the shotgun. And Daphne says she can get two shotguns. And Shaggy and Scooby are just hiding. And Dean is like, okay, just a minute. He realizes that they can't leave them like that. And so then he asks the ghost kid for a favor. So then Dean opens the door and the gang bursts in and they're still in a state. I mean, they're still freaking out. Mm-hmm. And Sam says, everything is under control. And he shows him the phantom is all tied up and sitting on the floor. And Daphne's like, kill it with fire. <laughs> She's still just freaking out. And Dean is like, whoa, whoa, slow your roll, guys. We were wrong. And they're like, What? And Sam says, Velma was right. It isn't a real ghost. We were fooled. But Velma was never fooled. And Velma at this point is not so sure. And 
Dean's like, no, go ahead, do your thing. So they like hesitantly walk over to the tied up figure and Velma pulls off a mask to reveal cause good creeps. <gasps> and Daphne's like, but the, the flying and Sam says wires and Shaggy says, what about walking through the walls and the bodies? And Sam's like, that was just a projector and the bodies and Velma's like, dummies filled with corn syrup. And Sam's like, exactly. And then Fred has it. He realizes that Cosgood was trying to drive everyone away from the house so he could keep the money for himself. And good job, Sam. So you obviously were watching because you know about the whole projector thing of going through the walls. Good job. Yeah. Good job. And then Dean walks in with a chest of money and he's like, yep, that's right. But the joke's on him because it's all worthless Confederate money. He opens it. And then Scooby's like, oh, well. And then Velma punches Sam in the arm and is like, I was right after all. There is no such thing as a supernatural. And Cass is like, mm, raises his eyebrow. <laughs> and then he touches Shaggy's arm. And we see some little purpley magic stuff. And then Shaggy's like, hey, my arm feels better. I don't think it was broken after all. And he takes the cast off and he takes the sling off and everything. And then Fred is like retying his ascot. He's like, we should all meet up at the malt shop and celebrate. And Dean tells Fred, he's like, you're not so bad. And Fred is like, I know. And then he just walks away. And then Dean says goodbye to Daphne, and he does it in kind of a gross way. Makes a fool of himself, basically. And then, uh, Daphne leaves with Fred. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he grabs her. He puts his... Who knows where those hands have been lately? He puts his <laughs> hands on her mouth. It's like, shh, don't say a word. We'll never know what could have been. I'm like, dude, stop grabbing her. Just I think it's off. fine. You, like, Again. worship this cartoon, and you're just like all handsy trying to get some with one of the... Ah, it's gross. Cartoon crush. I don't think it's gross. It's gross. I don't think so. Anyhow, he's just overcompensating because he's in denial about his love and attraction to Castiel. So that's probably what's going on. So Castiel's hugging Shaggy and Scooby, and he says he'll miss their wise words and their gentle spirits. (laughs) Shaggy says they'll miss their breathing because Cass is like hugging them very tightly. And so he thanks them, and he says they've shown him the great strength of laughter in the face of danger. And Sam tells Velma it was great working with her and she returns the compliment and he offers his hand, which she takes. And then she pulls him into like a swoon and kisses him. And then, you know, she pulls him up, walks away and she's talking about his shoulders again, like how he has this great shoulders, jinkies. And Dean's like, should have known. It's always the quiet ones. So the gang walks off with their belief system reinstated. And then once they've left, the ghost boy changes from cause good back to himself. He puts out a hand and then Dean and Sam and Cass also reach out. And then boom, Dean and Sam and Castiel are back in the Dean cave. Real world. No more animation. Yep. Dean is like, that was the coolest thing that ever happened to me. And that includes the Cartwright twins. And Cass is like, what did you do with the Cartwright twins? And Dean is like, mm, uh, I'll be right back. And then Cass looks at Sam and Sam is like, I don't think I want to know. And then Dean returns with a blowtorch and a sledgehammer and he apologizes to the TV and calls it sweetie. And then swings a sledgehammer right into the center of the screen. It like, obviously from the force of it hits the wall and then boom, falls forward onto the floor, shatters everywhere. And then he goes over and in debris, he finds the pocket knife and then he tosses it to Sam. And I'm like, yeah, could have just taken the back panel off (laughs) well i think because the tv yeah i don't know i don't know they gotta get it it's gotta be dramatic you know (laughs) Postine can never have nice things so okay 
Yeah, so the ghost kid materializes, and they actually did a pretty good job of translating the ghost. I mean, they did a good job translating everybody to animation, but yeah, little boy. And Dean tells him it's time to go. And the kid is like, what about the bad man? And Sam tells him not to worry about him. They'll take care of it. And then Sam puts the pocket knife on this metal tray, blow torches the pocket knife, and as it burns, the kid's ghost evaporates in purple smoke. And they all just kind of look at each other, like have a little moment. And then it's commercial. Mm-hmm. So I guess they kind of took Daphne's suggestion because they killed it with fire. <laughs> well, they didn't kill it. They released yeah, the I mean, spirit they said, so it they, can move they, on. The fire will set you free. So, yeah. <laughs> so then at the pawn shop, Jay puts a contract in front of Alan and he's like, are you sure about this? And Alan tells Jay that he's getting the shop for a steal, but he's too old for this crap. And so Alan starts to sign the papers and then Dean, Sam and Cass walk in and Dean is wearing a red ascot because of course he is. And he's like, not so fast. And Alan's like, is that an ascot? And Dean's like, yes, yes, it is. And Sam tells Alan that Jay has been driving people off their property so he could buy it on the cheap. And he's been using his own personal ghost to do it. And like we see like a flashback of Jay rifling through the remains of the Reptar plush to get the pocket knife. And Sam explains how he would put the haunted object in something. And then Dean says, and the ghost would possess it like a dinosaur or a beautiful TV. And Cass adds, and scare people so much they'd be desperate to sell. And Jay looks pissed that his plan has been figured out. And Sam's like, when we got nosy, he sicked his pet ghost on us. And then we see a flashback of Jay noticing Sam and Dean talking about investigating. And then we see Jay slip the knife into the back of the TV as they carry it out. And Cass holds up the burned pocket knife and says, but now that spirit is freed. And Jay kind of laughs nervously and like turns to Alan. And then he's like, they're lying. But then he turns around back to them and he's like, you think anyone's going to believe this? And Sam's like, no, but that's why we hacked your financials. You haven't been that good about paying your taxes. And then sirens sound and blue and red lights flash outside. And Dean's like, good enough for Capone. Good enough for you. And Cass and Dean and Sam exit the pawn shop and they watch as the police take Jay to the squad car in handcuffs. And Sam says, Velma was right. It was a shady real estate developer after all. And then as the police put Jay into the car, he's like, it's not fair. I would have gotten away with it. It wasn't for those meddling kids. And Dean is like, oh, he said the line. And then the screen does like a little iris out and zooms in on Dean. And he's like, oh, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. And then we back in full screen. Sam is like, what are you doing? And Dean is like, at the end of every mystery, Scooby looks at the camera and, and Cass is just like, Dean, you're not a talking dog. And then Dean says, I know that. And then Cass walks away and then Sam follows him. And then Dean is like, I do look good in the ascot, right? Right, right. No, guys, red is my color. And then it's the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, Dean does not look good in the ascot. It's not his style at all. I mean, basically, only really Fred can rock an ascot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. This episode was so fun, though. I forgot how much I loved Supernatural because I haven't watched it in so long. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so great. I love every minute of it. And I just. Yeah, so uh, hmm. so uh, talking you into that, I want to rewatch a supernatural podcast. uh, (laughs) That might not be as difficult as I thought, possibly. No, I don't think you want. You don't even like Dean. I'm not doing another podcast with you where you hate one of the protagonists. (laughs) That's not going to work. Well, I don't know that I. I don't know that I hate him. 
I just maybe this and you said this wasn't necessarily representative of him. He's well, I mean, really, he's he's a little um, bit of a he he likes the ladies, but like I feel like he's more of like kind of gruff demon hunter. I mean, he likes pie. He's he can be funny, but like for the most part, like he's I think you might like him in other episodes. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I feel like this episode is more on the silly end and they're leaning into the cartoon thing. And they're leaning into the fact that he's had this crush on Daphne. So, you know, now he's got to take the opportunity. I don't think that's typically how it goes. And to be fair, like, good for Daphne, because like I said, everyone that Dean develops a real relationship with who is female seems to die a very untimely death very quickly because Mm -hmm. they just don't let him have attachments at all. So it's just one of those things. It's probably better that she's with Fred anyway. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, so they do they do give all, obviously the credits to the voice acting. As I mentioned earlier, my opinion on the voice acting kind of changed as the show progressed, and we got a wider range of dialogue. Obviously, so I don't know anything about Supernatural, right? So obviously, I liked the animated versions of Sam and Dean better than I liked the live action versions. When we came back in the real world, I was kind of like, oh, what? oh, oh, that's this person is okay weird and then like castiel like so when castiel first shows up in the real world when we first see him he's coming in with like the the fruit from the tree of life and all that kind of stuff i was kind of like oh that guy doesn't seem like the i mean even though we'd only seen him for a little bit in the cartoon like oh that doesn't seem like a good representation but then as like i see him in the episode and we come back like visually he's a little idealized in the animation which i mean you do but like i did like oh that okay yeah that is that character so like it it clicked better so i just needed a little bit more experience i think but i was again kind of like jolted by right um, back in the real world by sam and dean especially because like i said like like dean's voice is definitely worked for the animation but like it just seems like that should not be coming out of an actual person you said no it jarred me too so because it was a little weird and like he didn't sound like that in the pilot and I don't remember him sounding like that. I don't know if something happened to his voice over the years or if. Well, it could also be one of those things where like as it progresses, it's when you don't notice until you go back, right? Like you, you go back and listen to old radio shows or podcasts mm-hmm. or whatever and like the voice sounds completely different too. Yeah. Like so possibly it. his voice has changed. Maybe he was sick on the days they were filming. I don't know because his voice did sound a little deeper and more like it's not normally throaty like that. So I don't know if that's typically how it is. And I don't think it's like that. I mean, I haven't seen a lot from the recent episodes. I've just seen clips, so I don't know. Okay. But yeah. And then as far as the Scooby gang goes, so I was really like, when we first meet Shaggy, I was really put off by Shaggy's voice. But it seemed like whoever's doing, I forget the names. I did not write them down of who's doing them. Um, The person doing Shaggy, as we said, they're the people who are currently doing the Scooby-Doo properties when shaggy is more animated it seemed better when he's just talking it doesn't sound right and again coming right off of like real casey Kasem shaggy right just not gonna jive but i would pull back on the like ooh, that was awful same with daphne sounded better velma however velma is probably the one that like I could not, I, I could not handle being around that person in real life. That voice just, it's like, it's one of those things, like different people have different things. And to me, that voice is like nails on a chalkboard. I just yeah. could not, every time she talked, I was like, please stop talking. It's funny. Um, Cause I really liked her voice and I recognized it. I'm like, who is that? And it's like Kate McCoochie, I think is how you say your last name. She's 
half of the duo Garfunkel and Oates. And she's also an actress who's in a lot of things and she pops up on TV shows from time to time. And obviously she does voice work. But yeah, it's I totally recognized. I don't know if she's doing a voice for that. It sounds like it definitely sounds like someone doing a voice, which a also little bit, which but... also is a thing that like when I hear people doing a voice, that puts me off. I don't mm. like to like uh, to me, voice acting should not sound like you're doing a voice. It just sound like a voice. Yeah. But like I said, it just it was really it just seems like a character. It's it's super like oh guy. It just really like I don't nasally is the right word. It's just it was just like it's like I said for me, it was just I couldn't take it. But yeah. apparently, I mean apparently other people like it because she's doing yeah. it and yeah so, i liked it uh, i thought she was good as velma so yeah. it worked for me fred is obviously fred same voice actor right since fred was created right so yep. however i never thought i'd say this in my life because i'm a fan of frank welker i'm i would probably be like oh maybe they could probably get someone else to do scooby-doo oh i thought um, scooby was good Scooby's all right. the, i think the big issue i had with scooby and this is one, another one of those things like where it depends on what you're doing is they're making a choice to have Scooby speak in like sentences. Yeah, he says a lot more. I was going to say and that when he the, speaks and when he's a doing that, more. that sounds bad. That uh, didn't sound bad to me, but he does speak a lot more than he does in the yeah, original episodes. So he doesn't. I mean, there's more to Scooby's voice than just adding R's in front of every word, which is what I usually do. Um, there's more to it than that. But yeah, I was just like, and I don't know if I'd say it's bad. It's just, again, it's not, it's not what I'm used to. I'm used yeah. to, you know. I'm used to the Scooby-Doo that I know and grew up with. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they do seem to be hamming it up a little bit. I think that maybe be playing into some of that too with like the Daphne and the Velma stuff. They're playing it up. I don't know. But yeah, just, and that's, that's all, that's personal. So, yep. you know, I have podcasts that I listen to and the voices are totally fine. And then I introduce those podcasts to my wife and she's like, I cannot stand the sound of those women's voices. And she can't listen to it. And to me, they don't bother me at all. And so it's just, it's one of those things where like different voices affect different people different ways. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, there are definitely like audiobooks where I've bought them and then been like, oh, I cannot listen to this narrator and I have to like return it. I'm like, I can't do it. Their voice, for whatever reason, just, you know, and I'm sure people think that about both of us too. They're like, their voices are terrible. And that's fine. You can think that, you know, sometimes you just can't take it and that's fine. But this was really fun. Other than that, yeah, I really like this. So, despite all our little our little pantomime in the beginning, this was my idea. It was. It was your idea because I didn't yeah. even know that. Again, I stopped watching Supernatural sometime around season six or seven. I'm not entirely sure. Part of why I dropped out was one: they just the fem- the women characters just get killed. Like when they killed Joe and her mom, I was just like, "Oh, are you kidding? Like really?" And they'd already. I mean, they fridged two women in the pilot. So come on. I get why they did it because they gotta they gotta take everything from Sam so that he's willing to go on the road. I get it, I understand, but still, it's just like it felt like. And I know like there are in later seasons. I know like Felicia Day has a role, and like there are some female characters that come in. But it just felt like man, there just were never any women, and that's kind of sucky. And then the other thing is, I'm like a monster of the week girl. I really am. Like I like shows that are more monster of the week. Like it would be like that. Well, it would, but they do have these long arcs that will play out sometimes. And I know that like, I can't remember exactly when, but there were a couple of them and it just started to get kind of tedious where they were always fighting the same villain. And it was constantly this battle against this one thing. And like, you know, Mark Shepard plays Crowley. Mark Shepard was the guy who played Cecil in Fire. Mm -hmm. And he's great. But like, there are just some things with like the heaven hell thing that got really old. 
And I just got to a point where one day I was going to sit down and watch like another episode. And I was just like, I don't want to, though. And so I did the same thing with Doctor Who at some point, And then I came back to it. But this episode reminded me, like, I really did love the show. I loved the characters. I love Castiel so much. I think Sam and Dean are great. Like, I think it's just a fun show. And when it does does weird stuff like this i think it's at its best when it does like really weird stuff like the supernatural convention the musical this episode like i think that's really fun that they have such established characters and this world that allows them to kind of like bend stuff that way and do really weird stuff kind of like the puppet episode of angel where they all turn into puppets like that kind of stuff i eat that up i think it's great when it's weird and supernatural has so much weird and it's so good so i think i'm actually gonna go ahead and jump back into supernatural uh god help me but <laughs> i think I i'll probably start out season because i i know the finale i'm a human being with a tumblr account i know how awful it is and i know everything about the finale i think that's mm. i mean we've talked about the show before i have literally <laughs> this is the first episode i've ever seen i've never seen clips i've never seen nothing Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've talked about it before and we've talked about the premise and I've always been like, it sounds kind of like Friday the 13th, the series. And I can kind of see that except for like, in this case, it's not like a possessed object. It's like a ghost. So the fact that they're like, it's not a possessed object was like, oh, it actually does sound like Friday the 13th. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of super curious. I'm trying to think of a way to work supernatural and I'm curious, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if we should do a whole. I mean, that's 15 seasons. And again, if you end up not liking Dean, that's a lot. That's a lot to commit to. Well, here's the thing. In this episode, he is a creepoid. I mean, a little, but like, I don't think it's any worse than. Like, I complain when Mulder is handsy, right? I know. I know. Yeah, that's all the time. Like, that's my main thing. Like, the voice got me again. First time I've ever hearing it. Right. And like you said, it, it doesn't sound like what you're thinking it sounds like. And also, if I start watching the beginning, if his voice does change and goes into this, it's probably just going to be a natural progression that I'm not going to notice. Mm-hmm. So it was weird because the visuals, again, when they jump back out of animation to real life, the voices like got me again. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. But yet I had gotten used to it in the animation. So it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, think we'll it was see. a little deeper too in real life. I wonder if maybe he had like a bit of a cold when they were filming the live scenes and not so much in the studio or like, but. But even if we end up not not doing that, maybe there'll be like a couple random because they have some Halloween episodes and they have some episodes that are kind of related to other stuff. So I don't remember if they have an alien one. That'd we'll see. I'll keep I'll keep. Uh, but anyway, we'll we're not that. making any promises. No. I personally am probably going to watch some more Supernatural now and kind of see where it goes. So if you want to talk, I would about- watch the shit out of a animated version of this yeah oh for sure because it yeah. would be it would be it's, it's almost like it's like a like scooby-doo the venture brothers like you throw an animated supernatural in there i would that would be doing that yeah so but I mean, yeah it doesn't exist except for this yeah show. but i am glad you found this and it was really fun and i enjoyed it and i think it's great and i'm excited to like rekindle my love of supernatural a little bit because i had left it behind and now i'm like hey i found it again right. also kaz is so great he's so great they did mention in the episode offhand. I mean, there's probably lots of. I mean, there were obviously. And as we were talking, I was like, "Oh, okay, now I know what you're talking about." Because you gave me the little, the little like uh, primer in the beginning. And I was like, "Oh, that makes oh, got that now." Okay, they mentioned the being sucked into a TV before. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't. I think that episode was after I stopped watching. Okay. I do I was, vaguely wasn't sure familiar. Like, I remember that, but I'm not sure if I'm remembering 
that or just like if I've seen like gift sets from it on Tumblr or something. I don't know if I actually saw that episode. I don't think I did, but maybe I did. I don't know. I don't remember. Again, it's been a really long time since I watched it at all. So I don't know. I, hmm. I get, I mean, we probably don't need to. Um, I feel like I should rate this. <laughs> we don't rate Yeah, I don't know dues, if we need to rate it because we're not rating Scooby-Doo like and feel we're feel not like, really. I feel like I should rate this, but uh, maybe we'll just leave that as a. <laughs> I think people can guess that it's probably not going to be. Well, I don't know. Maybe people can't. I don't know. What do you think I would rate this, Tori? I have no idea. Your ratings generally surprise me, so I don't know. Okay. I would probably give it a 9 or a 10. I think it's pretty solid. A 10? Yeah, I think it's really good. It's really good. On the supernatural scale of episode, this is a great one. Like, Well, see, that's the thing. I have no scale to go by, right? Yeah, you've never seen anything else that's supernatural related, so. Yeah. I would uh, would not disagree, though. Yeah, it's fun. It's I fun. Have, I don't have a scale. I would, yeah, I would probably say nine. I mean, the only thing I've ever given a 10 to is the Night Stalker Kolchak movie. So, yeah. but I mean, if I'm, I mean, and that's, and that's the thing. I don't use separate scales for different media. I'm like, it's all in the same scale. So I really like this. Um, I would probably go back and watch it. I mean, the fact that I think Dean is a creep boy doesn't make me not want to watch the show. Yeah. So it's like he's a creep boy. Okay, cool. He's creepy. Um, <laughs> he's a little bit of a jerk, his, but he's he's a lovable trait, jerk. That's his character trait, right? I mean, you could. I mean, yeah, you could definitely tell that just from every little bit of the show that he's like overbearing and. Yeah. He's the older so. brother. He's been through a lot, you know. I mean, I, I. Oh, so he's the older. Yeah, Sam is the younger brother. Okay, I thought in the premise you were saying when Dean was a baby and Sam was like. No, Sam was still in a crib and Dean Sam doesn't even remember their mother except for photos because he was so little. I may have misheard that. So and Dean was listening at that part of the episode. And Dean also felt kind of betrayed when he went to college. And then the dad was like, if you're gonna go to college, we don't need you in our lives, because that's a mature and awesome thing to say. That part makes sense because you said that. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna go to college, then yeah, don't bother coming back. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I may have I may have just misheard or misremembered or although names up who knows and Mitch Pelegi's in here somewhere too for a while I forget when he is. But, he yeah, talked he's... about that in De Hand of Verlitz. Yeah, he... He plays the same demon. Yeah, well, he plays a another demon hunter who gets possessed by that. right. Well, he yeah, he then he gets gets possessed by that demon. Yes, yeah, but it was the, it was the fact that he plays that demon when I was mm-hmm. looking up stuff about De Hand of Verlitz that I was like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So lots of little little things. So yeah. well, thank you for listening to us discuss this Scooby-Doo episode of Supernatural that is similar to the last episode of Scooby-Doo we did. If you listen to the Patreon, if you're a Patreon supporter, if you're not a Patreon supporter, you should check out our Patreon. There'll be a link in yeah. the show notes. We didn't mention that. Uh, this one's going out to everybody because mm-hmm. it's gonna go out on Thanksgiving. So, oh yeah, happy this is Thanksgiving our to all our listeners. So, yeah, it's our little thank you to you, and we hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I was geeking out the whole time. I've had so much fun, so I'm really excited. I'm glad we did this. I kind of forgot that I'm gonna put the explicit tag on this one. But yes, oh, so, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Swearing is for yeah. grown-ups. <laughs> I mean it is I mean yeah I'm assuming I mean 
you started watching the X-Files when you were 12. I mean, I'm sure if we say fuck on a podcast once in a while, it's not going to traumatize someone's childhood. So. I would hope not. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. This is how we end our Patreon episodes, by the way, in case you are listening and you're not on Patreon, um, which I imagine obviously there'll be more people hearing this than there will be hearing it on Patreon because that is not an inverted pyramid. So, yeah, we kind of just sort of like we do as good a job on this one <laughs> as we do on the real one. And we just go, bye. And then we leave. <laughs> just bye, bye. 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 I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. Our premium feed is where you can find all of our X-Files adjacent bonus episodes covering television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like these bonus episodes, tell a friend about our Patreon page. We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch, and we fooled you last time because we said we we're going to watch something else and then we watch this. But this time we are really going to be watching episode 17 of Scooby Doo Where Are You? That Snow Ghost. And try to figure out if, if the, the truth, truth is, is still out there. say episode 16 so that part doesn't change except for the color changes because it's going to be you saying it and okay. then you'll say scuba natural okay scooby right. natural yeah i'd say scuba natural but... i know which i think sounds better but it is technically scooby natural. although i don't think it matters how you I mean the why you put it in the middle and it becomes true it could be an eh. yeah scuba say natural you want, right. and then i'll say it the right way in the, <laughs> and then, what's going on <laughs>